Hello and welcome to P4A's Let's Talk Rare monthly podcast. Every month, we at Partners for Access bring to you some of the most important news developments in the orphan drug and cell gene therapy world and what they mean to you. Welcome to the March 2022 edition of P4A's podcast. I'm Akshay Kumar, a partner here at Partners for Access, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce this month's guest speaker, Lavni Mirani. Lavni is a founding partner of Pharma Business Partners, a market access consultancy based out of Dubai, supporting companies like ourselves generate market insights across the Middle East and Africa. She brings over a decade's worth of experience with pharmaceutical market research in this region. Thank you for joining us for this edition of our podcast. Thanks, Akshay. Thanks for having me. And I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Fantastic. So one of the key reasons of having you on this month's session was Aflate. Especially over the last two years, the Middle East has peaked interest of our orphan drug pharmaceutical clients. If anything, we're seeing some clients considering to prioritize launches in this region, sometimes launches even before some of the European markets. So what would you say is driving this behavior? You know, why has it come off interest of late? So I think there's various things that make our region quite interesting. Um, when we look at rare diseases specifically, there's a high level of consanguinity in our region, which means that the uh, incidence and prevalence of various rare diseases can be significantly higher, particularly when we look at all, all of the genetic conditions. Also in our region, given it is developing, there are only a limited number of very dedicated treatment centers for some of these rare diseases, which means from a pharma perspective, not only do we have a, a high population pool that we can target, but also target them in a way where we know exactly who the key KOLs are. And it can be done in a way where you can have a broad impact with a very narrow group of, of key leading physicians. Uh, the other thing that makes our region quite interesting is that the region is, is often looked at as a whole, combining not just the GCC markets like Saudi Arabia and the UAE, but also other markets in the Middle East, such as Iraq or Iran or Turkey. Um, you'll find that the markets in the GCC, such as Saudi Arabia, UAE, Bahrain, Kuwait, Qatar, and Oman, they all have significantly more affordability. If you look at the GEP for Saudi Arabia alone, it's comparable to the likes of France and the UK, which means that there's actually quite strong affordability in the region. Um, and the last thing I would say that is, is really key for pharma is that we find that the price potential within the region is actually very high. So because of this high affordability and the way decisions are made for rare diseases, which is typically based on IRP, we find that um, coming into the region is beneficial because we look at referencing country of origin prices first if there's only a limited number of markets where a product might have already launched which means that it, it does start off with this very high reference point. It may or may not match a U.S. price, but nevertheless, it can attain higher prices versus if you go into Europe first, for example, and come into our region after, you would find that your price potential comes down significantly because of that referencing. So there's definitely a lot of important reasons uh, to come into our region first. And, and I think these are, are probably some of the, the most relevant. Thank you for that, Lovely. And you, I think you already touched on this slightly while explaining the potential in this region, but there are some countries which have a better infrastructure for orphan diseases, you know, have a higher affordability and willingness to pay than others within the region. Uh, which ones would you say are those markets? I would say that 
Saudi Arabia and the UAE typically come at the top of the list. Uh, the reason being that UAE is probably uh, the most developed, both in terms of the private and the public healthcare sectors. Saudi is always very important because not only is it the largest market within the, the GCC, um, but also the market that typically has or is referred to by the other countries in the GCC. So it's always a key market as well. Um, however, what I would say is that I, I often see that companies may deprioritize or not place a, long, a high strategic focus on the other markets in the GCC, which are Kuwait, Qatar, Oman, and Bahrain. And, and I think that's a mistake. Um, I think that it's important to consider um, the differences between those four markets in the UAE and Saudi. Of course, they're grouped together as the GCC, but they're all very unique in the way that they make decisions. Um, the, the funding differences exist, even though they all do have a high willingness to pay for the most part. Um, and I think that focusing on those four markets in addition to the UAE and Saudi will really support maximizing the opportunity in the Middle East. Of course, as I was saying, there's always other countries within the broader Middle East region and, and they can't and should not be forgotten. But I would say that the highest opportunity lies within this, these six countries in the Middle East. So, you know, at least traditionally, Middle East wasn't uh, one of the priority markets. So sometimes when speaking to clients, you know, there's a bit of trepidation. You know, they see, at least on paper, the potential these markets offer, but there's a bit of trepidation when entering these markets. So what would you say are the key opportunities and barriers that manufacturers or often drug manufacturers would face when they're coming into some of these attractive markets, which you just described, you know, the six GCC markets? So what are those things they should look out for and what should they consider when thinking about launching their drugs? GCC markets in particular? Yeah, I would say um, there's maybe two main barriers that are, I would say, the leading barriers to stop people from even thinking about coming into our region first. One of the first is just simply a lack of understanding um, and awareness of the region in terms of some of the dynamic. And, you know, in some instances, being coming into the market with trepidation because you feel like you don't know enough. I think that's definitely one, one of the bigger challenges. Um, and the other is slightly linked, and that's our region lacks somewhat in, in transparency. Um, the amount of information that is available on our country is or our countries is limited. It's hard to know exactly where to go, um, how decisions are made, you know, how would a HTA assessment work in Saudi? Whereas in some European markets, for example, you have a lot of very direct clarity. For example, in the UK, you can look at a nice assessment. For the most part, you know what you need to submit, you know, how you need to structure your data for it to be assessed. In Germany, um, you know, there's a lot of clarity on the ICVIC process, you know, what are the different criteria, um, you know, you would get your benefit assessment, and, and it's quite clear what the link would end up being between price and your clinical evaluation. I would say that that does not exist to that level of clarity in our region, which makes it a little bit challenging when coming in, because you're not quite sure what to expect. But at the same time, thereby lies an opportunity where you're able to work with payers in order to get to different agreements that would make sense for you. The strongest opportunity by far comes from the, the high affordability, but also the way that the healthcare is, is actually structured, whereby within the public sector in the GCC markets, you get full reimbursement for all the local patients. And that is tremendous. There's also no payer level restrictions. 
So it really is then a physician, uh, a physician uh, decision as to how to prescribe a certain product that comes into the market. So when you look at all these things together, you look at the fact that you're able to negotiate with payers, you're able to get a high price. Those payers are not going to restrict your drug and actually your work on the ground is really with, with the physicians. It really does lead to a compelling opportunity whereby by going just to a few targeted centers and, and working with a few, uh, a small number of limited KOLs, you're able to really lend a high impact in the region. Well, the market certainly looks very attractive. <laughs> but, you know, working with, at least we work a lot with a range of biotech, small and mid-sized pharma companies. I completely concur with you. There are significant pockets of opportunity in this, re- in this region. However, sometimes our clients are deterred from prioritizing launches here, partly because they don't have their own in-house infrastructure and they struggle with identifying the right commercialization partners in this region. So what would you say are some of the you know, key considerations and pitfalls that must be avoided when selecting a partner selection uh, for the Middle East? You know, when you're trying to find a commercialization partner for your drug, what would you say are the key considerations and pitfalls? Yeah, it, it's interesting that you bring this up. I think that um, for many biotechs and, and for the smaller to mid-sized pharma, working with a, a partner or a distributor firm is, is really the only um, practical way to, to come into the market. And, and as with any partnership, it's, it's really important to select the right partner for you. And I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, any, any kind of business relationship as you see it, you know, what, what are the core values of, of each company? How are they going to agree to work together? And of course, you know, a, an agreement is not just a, a signed contract, right? It's, it's about how you execute that and, and how you're able to bring things to fruition together. I think sometimes the, the mistakes that companies might make when working with a distributor are really around not having a proper understanding of the market and thereby not necessarily knowing what they're getting into and therefore having a mismatch in terms of expectations where the distributor might feel that you know one thing is possible whereas the company the company that wants to enter the market might feel that you know the potential is completely different and so it's it's that mismatch in expectations i think that can potentially lead to to challenges down the line um, so what is important here is, you know, one, once you're coming into the market is to really have a strong understanding of, of what you're getting yourself into and have a true understanding of market size and market potential. I think that partners also need to be cognizant of the other side of, you know, what we call ugly baby syndrome, where, you know, you might not want to um, go up to an originator company and tell them, you know, your product isn't going to do so well. But I think that um, that level of transparency is, is really needed in order to make the business relationship work. Great. It's been great talking to you, Lavni. I think my key takeaway from today's discussion is that certainly there's significant pockets of opportunity for faster patient access attractive reimbursement and you know attractive revenue potential for orphan drugs in the Middle East. However, you know, as you alluded to, there are some challenges that biopharma must prepare to mitigate. Um, so thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Middle East and podcast. And I'd like to extend my thanks to Lavni. It was great having you and we look forward to having you back for our future editions. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Akshay. Have a great day.
and that's it for this month. For more plants for access insight and analysis, please go to our website www.partnersforaccess.com. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Thanks for listening.